And welcome back, Dad's Got Issues Multiverse. DJI Multiverse. I do this every once in a while, I mess up the intro. Um, welcome back. Uh, this is issue number 40 of the Dad's Got Issues podcast. This is our Around the Multiverse issue. Uh, we promised you guys a full slate this week, and damn if we didn't get it out to you guys. Um, yeah, finally. <laughs> hopefully, we, 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 we've got it done once before. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, by the time this comes out, uh, I will be the proud new father of a bouncing baby boy. Uh, me and my wife go in tonight for her induction. Um, I know there's not many family and friends that listen to this, so I'm not overly concerned about it, but please do not post anything to Facebook, social media, or Instagram, <laughs> um, at least uh, till the end of the weekend for us. Uh, but at the end of the day, hopefully he gets here and everything works out. Um but we are going to take you guys on a trip around the multiverse this morning, um, this afternoon, this evening, whatever time of day you're enjoying the product. Uh, we are going to talk some news from Hollywood uh, as far as movies, uh, TV goes. Uh, I was able to get through seasons one and two of Clone Wars, so we're going to dive into that a little bit and talk about. Um, I'm going to ask some questions and talk with Charlie about some of the stuff that's going on. Um, we're going to discuss Ray Fisher and his departure from the DCEU um, officially. And uh, break down some other news and things like that that's going on within uh, within entertainment. And maybe we'll dive into some little bit of toy stuff. I know Charlie wants to hit on some McFarlane um, stuff. Might be a compliment instead of a detraction for once um, in there. But uh, yeah, so we'll dive right in. So let's go into uh, movie news. Um... I guess the I guess the big thing coming out of Marvel this week would be that Kevin Foggy has announced that we will be seeing more Avengers movies. Not in the same scope that we know them to be Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, and Cap. Obviously, we know most of those characters have been retired for probably good reason. Um, but we will be at some point in time getting a you know Marvel Avengers, I guess, 2.0. Uh, I would assume that will include the likes of Tom Holland, probably whoever they cast in some of the um, the X-Men role, because we know the X-Men have played a role. Um, I would also assume Falcon and Winter Soldier or Wanda and Vision will play a role as well. Um, how do you feel about them potentially bringing back the the Avengers franchise just with different faces? Uh, I mean, they've done it in the comics, but uh, just like the comics, like it's it's just not the same, right? Like, yeah, you can you can throw people in there, but you know, just because they have the name doesn't make it so. It's it's just like uh, you know, you you look at like um, Young Justice, yeah. for example. Like, they're not the Justice League, right? They're I get what you're trying to do. You've got you've got the components there, but they're not the Justice League. So same same thing applies. You throw people in there, you say they're the Avengers, and sure they are in title, uh, but when people think of the Avengers, they they know who their core group of people are. Or we could just use the Justice League in general, right? You, you yeah. when you think the Justice League, you have the core people that you know are part of the Justice League. And then you say, well, Cyborg's part of the Justice League, and you and I go, the fuck he is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know what? Like, they, can, they can try, but uh, 
we'll see. I mean, it, it, it probably won't be bad. It's just they're not really the Avengers. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. We know fan loyalty to certain franchises, and I hate to say this, but by the time the next batch of Avengers movies would probably come into play, the MCU is going to have the X-Men. They're going to have... The, the the team that they should have had at the beginning kind of running the show for them, probably in Carnation in some shape or form, whether it's with this next Deadpool movie, we get an actual war, like Wolverine cameo or more MCU cameo as a result. Or, um, as you know, I just think we know fan loyalty and we know fan loyalty to certain subsets. So like the people that were die hard Avengers all 10 years, every single movie release, every single, you know, installment absolutely loved it. They're going to be the first ones to complain if it's not up to par. And I hate to say this, that could be something that starts to detract or pull away from this superhero era is if you start to kind of rehash things that really aren't even th- considered nostalgia at the you know what I mean like if we went 10 years from now right I mean Endgame was what in 2019 so if if you say 10 years from now in like 20 you know 2031 yeah you're 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 close to that you know like 20 year mark but even then people are going to be you know people are going to be like it's still a little too soon to jump full-fledged obviously I don't think they're going to wait that long so that's giving them really the you know the benefit of the doubt that they would wait till 2031 to do the next Avengers movie. I think we're going to get the next Avengers movie probably in the next five or six years um, because we just know how the money machine works at Disney. Um, but speaking of the X-Men and the MCU, um, Deadpool, we know they're not speculation, but soft confirmation that it had been, you know, it was going into pre-production. We, we've mentioned that on previous issues. Um, but... Not only do we know now that yes, it is in pre-production, yes, it is an official thing at at Warner, at, sorry, at Marvel and Disney, but it's also going to be rated R still. It will be the first MCU movie that comes out with an R rating. So it'll be interesting to see how Disney handles that delicate process, especially with them knowing that they're going to have that rating attached to that movie attached to their movie studio because they don't do that. You know what I mean? That's just not their thing. Um, so part of me thinks that Disney's not going to put their crown on it. Part of me thinks they're going to put it under their Fox studios subset. Cause they technically purchased Fox studios. And I know Disney hasn't used the, you know, like the, the, you know, Fox logos and stuff, so to speak, they've, they've pretty much replaced that all with, you know, Walt Disney company and all the other bullshit, but I wouldn't be surprised if the opening credit or whatever isn't a Fox studios opening credit just so Disney can be like, Oh, well it's us, but it's not us. You know what I mean? Because of the, because of the rating. Um, but on top of that though, they've announced obviously blade and moon Knight, which we've, we've touched on moon Knight, but blade's been getting a lot of traction because fans now that they've confirmed daredevil or sorry, (laughs) Deadpool to be, um, a, rated R project. They want blade to be rated R as well. Um, how do you feel about rated R and Disney? I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it's look, the, the, the character is, is a rated R character. Yeah. So if you don't want your kids to watch it, then don't take them. If he pops up in another Marvel movie, guess what? They'll tone him down and he'll, 
fit the PG-13 thing that they've got to do, right? But it, they, they do that, and they do that in the comics, too. I mean, obviously, we know Deadpool is more of a fourth-wall-breaking fourth character, and he hops around from title to title all the time. It's not like it's not abnormal for him to show up in Spider Man and act like a character in Spider Man. Like he he's not constantly right. dropping f bombs and doing all this crazy shit. Right. So it'll work. They'll they'll make it happen. The people that are want to see, you know, what they've seen out of Deadpool one and Deadpool two, two will still get that. Yeah. And then when he shows up somewhere else, he'll he'll fit the he'll fit the bill. Like. It's not that hard to do. Like you said, they do it in the comics all the time. So yeah. I'm um, not worried about it. Yeah, and, and uh, they've officially confirmed Black Panther 2. Um, obviously, we knew that was something that they confirmed in their long list of movies and shows that they confirmed earlier in the year or, or late in last year. But they've started to move into pre-production for that. Kevin Feige is constantly being asked questions about, well, what are you going to do with T'Challa and so on and so forth. And basically, he just says that you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a proper send off, a proper you know memorial for the character. But obviously, we know that he will not be replaced as a result of it. Um, news on the Spider-Man front, um, basic. Basically, the only little bit that we've gotten to this point is that, you know, we've all but confirmed Toby and Andrew Garfield. Uh, they've hinted at making one of the Spider-Man bisexual. I don't know if they're just doing that for the sake of diversifying the storyline or not. We know DC and Marvel love forced diversification, even on characters that we know traditionally are not those things. Um, I don't have an issue with it particularly. I really don't care. I don't think it's going to affect the greater storyline unless there's some like, you know, love scene or something where it's over amplified, but this is the MCU. They don't do that type of stuff. Um, But so my thing is, I I don't think it matters in the grand scheme of things. Um, However, um, another thing that's coming out of Spider-Man is the fact that obviously Spider-Man will have some sort of connection to Doctor Strange's uh, multiverse movie. But in the grand scheme of things, they both will have a connection to WandaVision. And it's uh, been stated that the director of WandaVision has actually been on set for both movies and worked and directed the scenes in which his characters and his show crosses over into the movies. So that's a pretty cool thing for me cause, and for us as fans because there's going to be a, there's going to be a semblance of continuity there. You know what I mean? There's going to be a semblance of, of, of similarity, so to speak, between WandaVision, the show that we're getting today on, the, on, on Disney Plus, and their appearances in film moving forward. Now, whether or not that's going to happen in every iteration of Wanda and Vision moving forward, that remains to be seen. But I think that's just, I, I hate to say this because we're going to talk about Warner Brothers and DC here in a little bit, but I think that's, I think that just goes to show you that Marvel has got their shit together. You know what I mean? Like they have TV directors working with movie directors to make sure that the TV properties keep their integrity while also adding to the movie properties moving forward. And I think that's what's going to continue to push Marvel forward in this market, especially with the Disney Plus network and all the shows that they're going to have on there. Um, how do you feel about Disney actually like kind of officially 
merging their their TV and their movies. Well, I mean, they they kind of did with uh, with Agents of Shield. Um, you know, it, it did some somewhat tie into. Well, I mean, it did tie into the movies that were going on, but you didn't need to really watch Agents of Shield to understand what was going on in the movie. Yeah. So if this is an attempt to like. No, you have to watch these shows for parts of these movies to make sense. Then, okay, uh, then I guess it's it's a good thing. But uh, I'm I'm wondering if ultimately the stuff that's on the show will it actually have an impact on the movies themselves or or not? Or so. does it does it become one of those things where maybe only one or two episodes have an impact? Right. Um, because my, my question becomes is like you said, does it, does it impact the movies at all? Or is it just circumstance that they're involved in the movies? Um, but we'll see. I mean, obviously, like I said, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those, those things that you kind of just expect it to be good at this point. Like as much as it pains us (laughs) to say it, because, you know, we're DC Warner brothers loyalists. Um, Marvel hits it out of the park when it comes to um, TV and, 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 and movies, so to speak. Um, so, why don't, why don't we move on? Let, let's move on to our flagship. Let's move on to DC and, and Warner Brothers. So, um, bunch of news. Doom Patrol um, Season 3 production is underway. Um, filming is underway. Um we weren't big fans of season two, um, but I like the characters. I like the actors. You know, I like the you know I liked season one a whole lot. Hopefully, they get back now that they're done transitioning from DC Universe to HBO Max and so forth. Hopefully, they get back to some semblance of season one. Um, but yeah, they have officially started um, production and filming. So, um. We're getting a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff from Superman and Lois, the new uh, Superman series that will feature Clark, Lois, um, John Kent, um, their son, and um, Damian Wayne, actually, as well. So it'll be interesting to see, too. You know, obviously, we know we, we're getting Robert Pattinson's Batman, and we spoke last ish uh, around the multiverse issue on issues we were having <laughs> with 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 that whole situation um between him and Matt Reeves and things like that but it'll be interesting you mean obviously you have you have a superman show where you're going to have Jonathan Kent and you're going to have Damian Wayne you know exploring their super son's best friend relationship right Bruce Wayne has got to show up at some point right like doesn't that make sense you you would think but like, like it's, we're, it's we're putting, and unfortunately, as you mentioned, you know, we are loyal to the brand. Uh, they can't, DC can't find a, uh, anything where they can't go and say, you know what? We know this should happen, but let's not, let's go ahead and just shoot ourselves in the foot yeah. and not give people what they want to see. I don't, I, I just don't get, you know, so I'm not a big fan of, um, Tyler, is it, is it Hodgkins, 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 whatever? The dude that's playing Superman. I'm not a big fan of his. I thought him standing next to Barry Allen and um, 
Green Arrow. Uh, I'm blanking on Green Arrow's name. Uh, Oliver Queen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Amel. Yeah. I mean, obviously uh, Amel, but you know, his Superman standing next to Green Arrow and Flash, he was tiny. And then they put him on screen with Brandon Roth in his Kingdom Come suit. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. Like, Brandon Roth was like a solid four inches taller. And I'm like, Brandon Roth, Roth looked like Superman. And, you know, Tyler Hodgson, Hotchner, Hotchlin, whatever his name is, he looked like a, he looked like, like a Superboy. It's what he looked like to me compared to, to Brandon Roth. And I'll never be able to escape that imagery. Like, when I'm watching, if I'm going to give this show a chance because it's his first season, but, and obviously, you know, Flash is coming back, Supergirl's coming back, things like that, you know, I'm going to, you know, watch Supergirl for the fact that it's the final season, but like, damn, dude, I'm like, how do you shake that imagery? How do you shake that image of, of this guy who doesn't look anything like Superman playing Superman? Um, it's just, it's, it's going to be tough for me. Um, Speaking of TV shows, uh, the new Batwoman show, de- well, new season of Batwoman debuted with their new title or character um, or lead in the role of Batwoman. Uh, we covered her announcement being coming the lead way, way back. It's probably been almost pretty much at the start of our, our, our recordings. Um, but I haven't heard a whole lot. Um, like, you know, I haven't heard like, was it good or was it bad? Um, but we do know that they're teasing a black mask, um, a black mask appearance at some point this season, which kind of makes sense. Cause it seems like bad guys or good guys that are in the movies. Once they are removed from the movie properties, whether they're killed off or they ride off into the sunset, they usually become available for other avenues for DC. It's it's almost like DC doesn't want to use characters that they're using in movies on television. Like they don't want two people associated with the role at the same time. So that's what it kind of gives me hope that at some point we're probably going to get a Green Arrow either movie or appearance at some point in maybe one of the HBO Max series because now obviously Amel and Oliver Queen have been retired on CW maybe we'll get them at some point, you know, moving forward. I would also think, I, I, I would almost guarantee you're going to get a Supergirl movie at some point. DC's real big on female heroes and female leads for their movies. I would assume once this Supergirl show is wrapped up, they will probably start considering a Supergirl movie in some way, shape, or form. But here's here's the thing, man, like, I, and we may have already addressed this uh, before, like where the Arrowverse, you couldn't use Slade Wilson, Deathstroke because uh, they were going to use him in Justice League. And then that all fell apart. Yeah. So um, we didn't get that. Same thing with Suicide Squad. They were going to be part of the Arrowverse. And then, oh, we're making a Suicide Squad movie so they can't coexist. Uh, you know, you, but then you can have multiple flashes and you can have multiple Superman and you can have multiple Batman. Like it just, yeah, it, it, it's pick a line and stick with it. Like if you're going to say, no, we want to only have one of these characters on screen, no matter which screen it is at a time, fine, do it. But don't go and say, well, we can't use this character anymore because we don't want people to get confused. Like if you're watching the show, and you know this show is in its own continuity, I'm not going to get confused watching any movies on screen. Yeah. Or do they really think that we're that dumb? Is, is that what it is? 
Yeah. So, yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, if so, there, there apparently now there is talks of building properly building a DCEU past what we're currently seeing. Um, what that means for the current actors and actresses that are, are manning and helming a lot of these roles, who knows? Honestly, I, we know we're not getting a Justice League 2. I think that's pretty much set in stone. We know we're not going to get another, just, like another Snyder Justice League. So Wonder Woman's getting a, a, a third installment. We know Aquaman's getting at least a number two. We know Shazam's getting a number two. And we know we're going to get a Flash movie. If the Flash movie is the last movie on the docket, right, there's a 0% chance that Barry Allen's not going to fuck the timeline up and reset everything at the end of the movie. Like, that makes sense, right? Like, we all... I, mean, I, think, I think if you've listened to us, we, we have covered enough DC television, TV, and comics to understand that when all else fails, just have Barry fuck it up and restart everything. So I saw an article, um, I do not have it up currently, um, I read a couple of days ago that there is a, a plan, or at least the starting of the development of a plan to begin a new expanded universe for movies for DC. If they came out and said, we are going to finish off our current crop of heroes in 2022 and start fresh in 2023 or 2024, you could start building the excitement now. You could start building the publicity and the buzz and everything because it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt the movies that are coming out, in my opinion, at all. People are still going to want to go and see them, but now there is no expectation that they all tie into a greater universe, right? Now you can just focus on those movies for what they are. And to be 100% honest with you, we obviously know that we're not getting... I would almost, I would almost put a, a, a paycheck down that we're not going to get three Batman movies out of Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves. I know they're signed on to do three, but something tells me that the ending to this first one is going to be changed significantly, and we're probably not going to get three out of them. If we get two, I'll be surprised. And if they do what they did with the original Batman movies, where they had Michael Keaton and then they recast the Batman. I'd be surprised if they did that too because we, we've seen that DC and a lot of these movie franchises now are having difficulties or, or, or they, they have a difficult time recasting a lead like they used to in the 90s. They're like, oh, well, we're just going to make, you know, we'll make Val Kilmer Batman. Nobody will notice. Everybody noticed, but they didn't think anybody would. Um, so, yeah, but uh, as far as... Oh, speaking of the Batman, uh, the Gotham PD spinoff series is getting a new showrunner. Um, obviously, it's being co-created by director Matt Reeves of the movie, um, but Joe Barton, um, Jerry Hygie creator, I don't, I don't know who he was, um, is, um, is B, I don't know who he is, sorry, not was. I don't know who he is or what those shows are, but he, Joe Barton, um, is coming on as the new showrunner following the exit of Boardwalk Empire's Terrence Winter. As a Batman fan and a fan of Boardwalk Empire, I'm not a fan of this change because I have no fucking clue what this guy has worked on. I, I don't know what Jerry and Haji is. I have no idea what it is. Um, 
But like I said, they apparently him and Reeves get this. Uh, and Barton and Reeves had creative differences with Winters, and that's why he's departing the project. Does that sound at all a bit familiar from what our last Around the Multiverse (laughs) with the things that were going on with Reeves? I do, like I said, the the DC fandom, we we covered this a while back. We talked about this this show coming to fruition. Um, But the quote from Reeves was the idea as we go back to year one in this show. And it's the emergence of the, of Batman and within the city. And, um, and it's, it's going to be told through the point of view of, of the, of the corrupt cops, um, and whatnot. To be honest with you, I love the idea of like a true crime, like noir style Batman show where it follows the GCPD and maybe some of the detectives that are either corrupt or working the right side of the law and plays them off of one another, but obviously have the trickled like silhouettes of Batman or Batman, you know, assisting in certain things. And like, obviously Robert Pattinson's not going to do fucking television. Um, but at the same time you could do it in, in that year one sense, like they're, they're saying, and I think it would be pretty good. Um, outside of our superhero, Multiverse. Uh, Dexter's setting is has been revealed. Um, he will be um, says fans will eventually see the show's title character leave his logging ways in Oregon because they said that's where I guess the show was supposed to set up. Um, and he will be back in the Miami Bay area, so to speak. By the by, the end of the season, there's a lot of good publicity around um, this revival, in my opinion, because the show ended. Did you ever watch Dexter? No, I never. I never got to it. So, if you've never watched it, I I, I do recommend it. I believe it's on Netflix. Um, it's a great show. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of like dark humor, some, you know. But it, it obviously it's got a lot of suspense and thrill in it, and you know. But the ending is bad. For the for the original ending, it's a very poor ending. It's very open ended. In to be honest with you, next to like the Sopranos, just black screen. There's not many endings in television history that are worse than than that Dexter ending. And the lead, you know, um, the 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 person that I don't I don't know his name. Uh, um, we talked about this earlier. I'm terrible at names. Uh, but the person who plays Dexter basically said in an interview, the reason why, part of the reason why he wanted to come back and do a revival season was because he wanted to fix the ending. <laughs> he wanted a better, he wanted a better conclusion to the story, so to speak. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, and then other, uh, PlayStation CEO has said that more movies and TV adaptations are coming. Um, he said that the last of us and the, the last of us TV series, um, coming to HBO max and the uncharted film, um, starring Tom Holland is just the tip of the iceberg. So we might end up seeing like God of war and some other, um, you know, PlayStation, um, branded titles, uh, making their way to either the big screen or the little screen. To be honest with you, I think a God of war. TV series on HBO Max would be pretty fucking dope. Comparative, like, to, like, you know, Game of Thrones and things like that, I think it would be one of those things that would be pretty cool. Um, 
Do we have any toy news this week? Anything come out? No, coming out. No, I know there was uh, some uh, controversy or controversy uh, this week um, with the Walmart exclusive Mandalorian uh, child uh, two pack that uh, like it comes with like a fake pin or something, mm-hmm. and th- they were up for pre order back in October. I don't I don't remember if we covered them or not, but. Um, yeah, Walmart started to uh, to cancel everyone's pre-orders, and I mean there was a lot of a lot of social media buzz about that happening. And me being uh, the curious guy that I am, I'm like, well, let me go check and see what their website showed. Sure enough, they showed that they were all in stock again, and you could order them. So I put my order in. It came through, and uh, it's supposed to arrive. Uh, well, today would be Friday when this drops, so it's supposed to be here by then. Uh, we'll see. So, it's, it's, so they canceled a bunch of people's orders and then put those order those put that stock back on the website and allow people to order it. Uh, essentially, that's what it seems like. So, I'm like, we'll see how this plays out. But um, yeah, uh, that was probably the most noteworthy thing. Uh, I can't think of. Anything else? Well, other than what I wanted to talk about, and that was with McFarland. Well, uh, I got some. I got a little bit of news. Um, okay. You know, obviously, yesterday uh, was one and twelve day for Mezco, which is their yearly celebration of their one and twelve figures. They released the uh, Batman um, Darkest Dawn edition of their Supreme Knight figure. Um, we had a, a good thread going on our collectors page about it. Uh, I was back and forth on whether or not I wanted to order it. Uh, I waited a little bit too long. I put onto the wait list by pl- when I placed my order. Only reason I ordered it is because I literally have every other figure in that line. Um, and I was like, it's kind of, it'd be kind of stupid not to get it, but obviously I, I technically didn't get it. <laughs> um, right. at least not yet. I do know there is a lot of canceled orders on that initial run through Mezco. So there's a chance that I may end up still getting it, which I'm okay with. If I don't, if I don't, I don't. Um, I actually have a Mezco here that I'm sitting on um, that keeps going up in price uh Black Adam. And I could probably just trade that and get it if I really wanted to. Um, yep. On top of that, um, Q-Figs um, has announced a gargoyle I don't know if you're a fan of the Q-Figs, little mini statues. I have a bunch of them for DC. But they announced a Gargoyle um, set that is set to come out um, alongside a Darkwing Duck um, statue. But you, you get um, Goliath and Demona in iconic poses. The Goliath is pretty dope. I don't know if he glows in the dark, but he's got the white eyes. Um but uh, I was a big fan of that. I actually, you know, binged a little bit, a, c- a couple seasons of that right when um, Disney Plus launched because they really didn't have much on there when we, when we first got the the app. So I revisited that. And I have to say, I mean, comparative to, you know, Batman, the animated series, especially being in the same timeline, they were bef- they were definitely um, similar in style and nature, so to speak. Um, other than that... Uh, I will lead us in. Damn, that's a nice Hawk Girl statue coming out from Iron Studios. Two thirty is the price tag for that. Um, I'll lead us in the McFarlane though. Uh, announced 
this week, actually. Um, McFarlane Toys Gold Label Series Figures 2, Spawn, Red Death, and Space Machine. So you've been asking for different McFarlane figures in the McFarlane line. Obviously, it's not the DC Multiverse line, but we are getting um, Spawn with a Mace, the DC Comics Dark Knight's Death Metal Red Death, and then Warhammer 40,000's Primaris Space Machine. Um, I have to say, the Red Death is pretty dope in the all gold. Um, and then you're also getting... So, so McFarlane has now moved on to tiered levels of his figures for these lines. So like you have you're going to you're going to touch on your figure that you picked up and I'm not going to spoil it but there is a gold version or a copper version of that figure now that's considered like a chase. It was a limited run. It was less than I think 10,000 figures made world, you know, worldwide. Um but this this gold label collection is the same premise for McFarlane. This Red Death looks pretty dope in in all gold. Um I don't really know much about Warhammer 40,000. I know it's a, a video game series and I know people love it. The spawn's kind of weird looking because he's not real shiny. He's more like a yellow or like a pewter. But um but yeah, so I'll pass the buck to you and I'll let you uh do your thing for, for McFarland. Okay. So yeah, so uh yeah, I mean I've been holding off, as you know, on trying on buying any of the McFarland line only because, you know, it's it's not the multiverse, it's the Batman verse. Yeah. And uh I've just been like, no, no, no. But because of my my obsession to collect Deathstroke things, and they finally did a Deathstroke, even though it, it is from uh, the Arkham Asylum game, I'm like, it's Deathstroke, I need it for my collection. Unfortunately, so does everybody on the freaking planet. And well, I've been having a hard time getting it. Well, I didn't know you wanted it, because they've had it at, they've had it at Collector's Corner for two or three months now. Oh, oh see... But everywhere I go, every, uh, you know, all my, my normal places, nobody's had it. So if you, I, you can get, if, I, if, you go on, if you go online, you're paying, you know, well yeah. above retail. Um, if you, if you go, um, I don't know if, um, your comics closet guys, I don't know if he orders through diamond, but yeah. you can get the McFarlane figures through diamond. So if you go to him and just say, Hey, what's, you know, what's, what's on the, the diamond order sheet for McFarlane? coming up and he should be able to tell you every figure that's coming out and you can just be like hey mark me down for that one i mean that's what yeah. at least oh, i know i know that i can do I, like I, I knew that i could do that but it was just one of those things like i wanted to find it in store right yeah. like it, you know i i missed the days of when we we went out hunting you know especially when toys r us closed and so like i still always try to find the things in store if if i can right yeah and uh so i finally found him he was sitting in a second in Charles up in Harrisburg. And I'm like, awesome, there's a Deathstroke here. And then I started looking, and the sword was missing. I was like, son of a... Uh, yeah, you told me that. Right. So I, uh, so I talked to the people at the store, and I was like, is there any way for me to like pop this thing open? Can I check it out? They're like, well, we'll just sell it to you at half price, but you're buying it as is. So I'm like, mm. okay, whatever. Um, Does he come with any other accessories other than the sword? No, no, it's just the sword. Uh, so I'm like, I mean, but still, it's a half price figure. It's Deathstroke. I at least have him. 
maybe I can find one online or maybe I can find like a substitute sword from some other figure somewhere else. Yeah. That was what I started thinking. And then I was like, well, let me reach out to McFarland. Let me see. Maybe I can order a sword from them. So I reached out to the customer service folks and like within, within like an hour, somebody responded to me and I'm like, Oh, sorry to hear that. Um, if you send us a picture of the figure and show us, you know, what's missing, uh, we can, we can, we can work with you. So I'm like, okay. So I took my picture, sent them over. And again, almost within an hour, they're like, okay, so, uh, just send us your address and we'll ship you out a new sword. Hmm. Didn't cost me anything. They just were like, no, we'll go ahead and uh, send you a new one. Uh, okay, cool. So, uh, so, so maybe, so maybe, so maybe McFarlane's not as much of a discombobulated mess as people make him and his company out to be. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, man, they were on top of things, and uh, it was it was super friendly. They were quick to respond, and they 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 kept me informed through the whole process. Like when it shipped, they're like, "Hey, just letting you know, it's out. You you should have it soon." I bought the figure. What was it? I, I can't remember when I messaged you, but it had to be maybe like two weeks ago. Yeah, not even. And I had the sword within, you know, within a week and a half of contacting them, letting them know. And, uh, so, and now it's sitting on my show. Um, so, uh, just wanted to, uh, give a shout out to McFarlane for their awesome customer service. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they've, they've won me as a fan. I mean, yeah, I'm still going to give them a hard time about only making Batman figures, but, um, but it's funny cause you, it's funny cause you say that. And, um, the, I'm looking on toy arc and they actually have DC on Amazon. The number, the, like, it's a chart that shows you the top sellers for toys, and they're all McFarlane figures, by the way. And the top one is the DC Dark Knights Death Metal. Um, I forget what his name is. The Devastator. The 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 Doomsday version of Batman. Yeah. But number two is the two-pack for Red Death and Flash. And um, the th- number three is the Dark Multiverse Superman. Number four is the Flash. So your top th- four, in your top five, you have two Batman figures because fi- five is a, um, is Azrael from um, the White Knight series. Um, but two of your top five are Batman, but three of them are not Batman. So I'm hoping, we hope as DC fans that maybe McFarlane starts to catch that hint and says, well, look, I'm actually selling, I'm, se- I'm selling a pretty decent clip, especially $40 for a two pack for that flash and red death. Like I'm selling a decent clip that isn't Batman. Like maybe I should start producing more non Batman, you know, figures. Who knows though? We'll see what the what the future holds. I did get to see the the Red Hood Nightwing two pack in person. It's it's a phenomenal set. Like the because they they have the chrome paint for both Nightwing's suit and um Red Hood suit or like the metallic style paint. Man, it looks good. They had it at a collector's corner the other day. So I don't believe that's an... I think we we initially reported that, that was going to be an Amazon exclusive, but I think we might have just reported it was going to be a pre-order on Amazon. Um, But yeah, that about wraps up toys. 
So let's talk. Um, let's talk Ray Fisher and his departure. So this is something we've kind of covered. I don't want to say in depth, but we've definitely covered it along the way as the story has developed. Um, so we know initially, apparently, obviously Zack Snyder. Well, we know, not apparently, we know Zack Snyder was directing Justice League. Um, they got to pretty much the end of production of Justice League, and I believe Zack Snyder's family experienced a death. I want to say, it, did his son, his son committed suicide, if I'm not mistaken? You know, I, I didn't even dive into it. Um, so, yeah, so I believe Zack Snyder's son committed suicide. Um, absolutely terrible. Can't imagine, you know, being a parent um, and having having something like that happen to you. Um no, his daughter, sorry, his daughter passed away at the age of 20 um, from suicide. But he stepped away in 2017 um, from Justice League to deal with his family. And the, you know, say what you want about Zack Snyder. If there's one thing from this guy, he seems genuine in, in, a, in, a, in a place that isn't usually full of good, genuine people. Um, so he steps away, um, and in the midst of all the craziness that ensued, because obviously it was a big movie, a big franchise for Warner Brothers DC at the time, especially with the, the prospects moving forward of continuing this universe with these characters, they brought in Josh Weldon, who obviously we know is famous for not only the Buffy universe, but the Marvel universe, um, um, having directed Avengers films for them. They brought Weldon in. Apparently, Weldon went on a full-blown power trip and basically trashed half of Snyder's footage and then reshot a whole bunch of stuff. Problem is, is when they brought him in to do these reshoots, um, these actors had gone on to other roles. Ben wasn't in as good a shape because he wasn't working. He wasn't planning on working. He was done his his actor duties for the role. Um you know, Gal obviously is Gal. She's gorgeous at any point in time. Um, and at one point as the Wonder Woman character. But, you know, they brought Henry Cavill back to do reshoots. He was filming James Bond and contractually obligated to have a mustache. So they had to digitally edit Henry Cavill. And then Weldon apparently took the brightness settings on all the scenes and turned it up to a thousand because he didn't like how dark the film felt when he watched what he saw of Snyder's footage. Um, what is your, what, what's your thoughts on a, a director taking over basically to get this film through the ninth inning coming in as the closer, essentially looking at what has been done before him and basically being like, yeah, I don't like that at all. I'm going to change everything. How do you feel about that? So, I mean, I, I'm, tr I'm trying to look at it from, from the perspective of if let's just say you and I were working on a project together or yeah. not you and I were working on, you were working on a project together and, uh, it was for, you know, it was for somebody else, but they're like, Hey, we want you to make, make this whatever. And then I come in and I'm like, well, why would you do it like that? You know, because like, you know, I don't know what was your, what your mindset was when you were making it because we've been completely disconnected. We weren't working on it together. I can see where, where like a Joss Whedon comes in and goes, I don't understand what the point of this was, what story is being told. So I'm, I'm going to make it so that the scenes that I'm going to keep 
make more sense to what I envision here. Yeah. And so I can understand it from that perspective. Now, that said, you can you can see that what he thought was good is not what everybody else thought was good. Yeah. Um and and nobody really had the uh especially at Warner Brothers uh or or even even Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns is involved in the, uh, at this time. Couldn't step in and go, yeah, no, let's go ahead and keep it pretty much how we had it before. But, you know, he could always pull the, you guys brought me in, you wanted me to direct, this is what I want to do. So, um, I, I'm torn, man, because I, I know for me, the way that I do things, I like the way that I do things. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to knock him for, for changing it. Uh, I will say that based off of what we know the Snyder version was supposed to look like, um, this one was a miss for him. Yeah. So, so, so this is my, so this is, I wanted, I wanted to give you the opportunity cause I, I, I am, I'm genuinely, I was genuinely intrigued on how you, what your thoughts behind it were. This is my thoughts. If I'm bringing, if, if I'm Warner brothers and I'm bringing you in, right. And you're a polished director in this field. You have directed a a superhero movie that most cinemagraphic critics have pretty much heralded. They've said it, 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 it was it was pretty groundbreaking for what it was at the time. Still didn't beat Batman's box office numbers, but we're not going to talk about that. The one guy beat you know six other guys, um, but Weldon was still in high regard. His only job was to come in and finish. Post production. When you sit down and you see this film and you see what was, because we know we're getting an entire cut with footage that was on the cutting room floor, like that had been edited out of the movie. And people are saying, like, oh, well, you know, Weldon only did this much reshooting and, you know, most of the movie was Zach's vision. If you actually sit down and watch Justice League start to finish, you can literally pick scene to scene which scenes were Zack Snyder's and which scenes were Josh Weldon's. And it's 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 not like a subtle difference. It's a fucking noticeable difference. So when Snyder comes out more recently and says, yeah, we're not using any of Weldon's footage, that means, and, and, and we're still getting four episodical, hour-long episodical cuts of the film on release. For the this the for the Snyder cut, it's coming out basically as like a TV series, like an episode, like episodes. That means we're gonna get four hours of footage. Justice League only ran for two hours and twenty minutes, or two hours and thirty minutes. So we're getting an hour and a half of additional footage on top of l- losing all the Weldon footage. So you you know what I mean? You have to think like scenes that were reshot. Snyder went back and was like, "No, we're gonna use my original scene." Or no, we're going to use the original flow of the script or the storyboard here instead of whatever Weldon put back in. So, like, my only thought process is is Weldon, I think, because when they brought him in to do Justice League, they also signed him on to do Batgirl and to direct, like, another movie as well. So they had bigger plans for Weldon. But obviously they brought him on and he did his shit and then Justice League bombed and then these allegations came out. 
and they kind of like quickly were like, oh, well, nope, we're going to take those things back away from you, and we're going to put Zach back in this this position here. We're going to let him do his thing. You know, you know, we're going to let fans build up the the excitement, so to speak, because it really was a fan initiated drive to get the Zach, the Zach Snyder cut to come to fruition. Um, but I'd never doubt it really that we were going to get the Snyder cut. If I'm honest with you, I, I kind of always expected to get that at some point, but, um, obviously what we're talking about today is the behind the heat behind the scenes stuff between Ray Fisher and Josh Weldon. There's not a whole lot. The only problem I have, I think really speaking on this is there's, there's really not a whole lot of detail, right? We, we have what Ray Fisher has said publicly that Josh Weldon, um, you know, basically treated him like garbage, treated pretty much everybody on set like garbage, um, that, you know, he believed, and then obviously Ray Fisher was also upset with his standing within the film. He thought he was going to have a way bigger role within the DCEU universe, and it was starting to look like he was kind of getting the short end of the stick. Um, and obviously we don't dive into politics on this podcast, but it also happened to be right around the time when the Black Lives Matter movement and the speaking out movement kind of became a thing within Hollywood and media. And that was kind of when Ray Fisher put his voice forward about his transgressions and problems with Warner Brothers, DC, and their management, so to speak. Um, and I can see his point, right? When they announced Momoa, hit Ray Fisher, um, Gal and Ezra Miller as their respective characters, they all had standalone movies coming out and franchises, right? The only one out of all of them that was axed was Ray Fisher's movie. He got his movie cut after Justice League. And they came out and they used the excuse that it was super expensive to do the CGI and all the stuff for him, which I'm sure it was. I can't imagine that it's cheap to do. There's to- nobody, there is nobody. I, I, maybe one weirdo out there clamoring for a cyborg movie. I'm sorry. I agree with you. He's he's a he's a he's a Teen Titan, and he's not even a main Teen Titan. Like he's not even like the guy that you're like, oh, I want cyborg leading the Teen Titan. No, yeah. he's there to hang out with Beast Boy. That's his role. <laughs> so <laughs> now um, I'll give him a little more credit. Cyborg in the comics is significantly different than Cyborg on like Teen Titans or Teen Titans Go. And I do like the cyborg character within the comic books. I think his rebirth run, which only lasted like 25, 27 issues, was a, was a good run. It was a good character for DC as a secondary B-list character. It's what he's always going to be. It's crazy to me that like for an eternity, you know, Oliver Queen was never a part of, of the Justice League, but he was to me, more of an A-lister even when he was outside the league than Cyborg ever was even during this modern run where he's been a A-list Justice League character. It seemed like to me the only reason that Cyborg was included in the Justice League makeup and you know, initially, especially during New 52, was because they used him to introduce Darkseid. Like, why is Darkseid on Earth? Well, Darkseid collects mother boxes. A mother box exploded, 
and created Cyborg. Cyborg is a literal walking mother box. He's he has a direct connection to Apocalypse World. Like it made sense to have him be the catalyst that brings Darkseid to Earth to clash with with our heroes. Um, but that doesn't mean that I think that Cyborg should be a Justice Leaguer. Um, and it has nothing to do, and and I think me and you touched on this a while back with with Cyborg. It might even been on a uh, hot off the press issue. He, if you're gonna put a character on, or no, it was it was a around the multiverse. If you're gonna put a character on screen for the DCEU for the sake of diversity, you want an African American lead or role. John Stewart has always been a member of the Justice League. Why was John Stewart in the Green Lantern Corps not the go-to for this role? Were they really that off-put by the 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 failure of the Green Lantern movie, which by the way, domestically and internationally was not a failure at the box office? Green Lantern made a shit ton of money. Critically, it was just pained. Why not re why not reinvent that character under the John Stewart mantle? And let him shine, I mean, pun in, not intended, but shine in the Justice League franchise. They could then lead to a Green Lantern spinoff, either series on HBO Max, like we're going to get anyways, or a, you know, franchise in the movies. Do you, do you, do, do you, do, I mean, obviously I don't think you disagree no, with that because I, you're no, a Green Lantern guy, but. And I, and I even thought about that, but, you know. Cyborg's role, I understand why it is in why it's in the movies, why they did it. It's just he's not a guy. And so I guess let's get to the, the point of all of this, right? And that's Ray Fisher being put out from the role. And of, and, of and, and more specifically, he was removed um and written out of the Ezra Miller Flash movie coming up right. in a couple years. But it was also officially announced the same day that he was being removed from the role that Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck were 100% contractually confirmed to play Batman within the, you know, within this year, within this movie. And Michael Keaton had signed on for multiple Batman films moving forward. So, um, as far as, so do you know why, he was removed and like what Warner Brothers stance was. Did you read anything on that? I didn't read anything, but I feel like I don't need to. So it you, to you tell me, you tell me what you think it was and I'll tell you if you're right. All right. Uh, probably because of the fact that he keeps running his mouth about DC and Warner Brothers and the people in the positions of leadership and saying how they're enablers, how they didn't do anything, how they didn't come to his aid. Uh, during this whole thing and how he just has crapped all over the brand. Um, that's probably what did him in. I could be wrong. I'm not a jobologist. Um, but uh, I would say you're about 80% right. The 20% you mix you missed was the fact that DC Warner Brothers came out and said that they hired not one, but multiple independent investigators that conducted a six-and-a-half-month investigation to include interviewing 80-plus staff, production, and acting members of the Justice League production to see if everybody else saw the same things occurring on set that Ray Fisher saw. And Ray Fisher, 
to an extent, his account was verified that there were some issues on set, things that were said to Gal got it, things that were said to Ray Fisher, things that were said to you know to, to, to Jason Momoa and some of the some of the production assistants and things like that that were deemed inappropriate. DC and Warner Brothers has since cut ties with a lot of executive staff, a lot of the production staff to include, I believe Josh Weldon, I, I don't quote me on that, but I don't believe he's any longer employed by Warner brothers in any capacity. Um, they went and they did the things that you do. So when they did their whole restructuring and we know DC Warner brothers is constantly restructuring. It seems like every month we're having a black Friday, you know, a, a, a bloody Friday or bloody Sunday with them when they're announcing more firings. But their new head of production for Warner Brothers Studios, the DC side of think of things, is somebody who was directly related to the Justice League project, and Ray Fisher had a problem with that guy. And he didn't want that guy working for Warner Brothers or DC anymore because of his issues with him and what his perception of the perceived events to have occurred on the Justice League production. Well, the problem is you're a fucking actor. They're a multi billion dollar fucking movie studio if they decide okay we've investigated this to the fullest extent we've deemed this guy played no part or a minimum part in the issues that were here and we're comfortable with not only retaining him in his current role of employment but also potentially giving him a promotion which they obviously did if you don't like that there are plenty of other movies and other studios that you can go to and work in hollywood but good luck getting somebody to hire you after the studio that cuts you, you really your biggest break that you probably will, will, will ever have in film. I hate to say that, but that the, a movie franchise like Justice League can be fucking career ascending, so to speak. Like you'll never have to work again just because of the franchise money you're going to get from it. You ruin that for yourself because somebody, you know, and I get it. You know, if it's a, because I don't, I don't remember if this is a race thing or if it was just a human treatment. Like we were being treated less than human kind of thing. I can get it if you feel disrespected to an extent, right? But why don't you just chalk it up to a really bad fucking experience that you're never going to work with Josh Weldon again? And if you get put into a role where you have to work with Josh Weldon, then just don't take the fucking role. Move on and go to a different movie. There's plenty. He's a young, young, good-looking dude in Hollywood that actually has some decent range as an actor. He can go and pick the roles that he wants, especially if Justice League would have been a success, right? That's kind of what happens in Hollywood. You write a blank check when you have a franchise like that and you're a young cast member of that franchise. Ray Fisher, I believe, would have been the youngest of all the people in the movie on the cast. I think maybe Ezra Miller might be younger than him. I don't know. Um, I think Ezra Miller might be deceptively young looking, but he might be older. But um, but yeah, that long and skinny of it, you're you're right. But there was obviously a little bit more to it than just that. But the fact that Warner Brothers actually did do their jobs, did their investigation, found what they needed to find, fired the people, moved the people, changed the things that they needed to change, and he was still openly bitching about it. Because he didn't take part in any of the Justice League reshoots, apparently. Or no, he did. He took part in the Justice League reshoots. And then he started running his fucking mouth again. And then that's when the news came out that he was being written off a of flash. If, hey, if that means we don't have to see, if that means we're going to get a replacement for him, God forbid, I hope it's either Jon Stewart 
or John Johns, because apparently Martian Manhunter is appearing in the Snyder Cut. So if we can get a Martian Manhunter, a replacement for him, I'm all for it. Um, but well, let I know I know we want to we want to try and wrap up here in a couple. Uh, but let's. Well, I, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. I, I feel like I know you wanted to get to uh, to Clone Wars, but season one and two, there was some stuff that went in there, and I I feel like if we try to rush through it, we're not gonna get into the, the meat of everything. Yes. So I'm I'm thinking let's go ahead and pin it, and we'll we'll come back to it. And we'll we'll get you know a, a good take. We'll we'll actually take a portion of the of the of the show to actually like dive into it. And so really get what what you wanted to at cover. The, at the pace that I'm going right now, by the time we do our next around the multiverse issue, uh, I'll probably be closer to the end of season four, start of season five. So we'll have four seasons to talk about. So if okay. you're listening to us and you are interested in uh, a Clone Wars recap and or refresher uh and to hear it from the mouth of somebody who's experiencing it for the first time uh make sure you guys tune in on our next around the multiverse um issue in two weeks um but with that being said we're going to wrap up today's uh around the multiverse uh bring you back to your your um home base so to speak uh and 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 our trip but uh we hope you enjoyed what you what you heard today. I uh, hope we caught you up on a little bit of the the ins and outs of the DC Marvel cinematographic multiverse. Gave you guys some toy news, and then uh, I think our conversation. I I think we can finally put the Ray Fisher debacle to bed. I think we're done with yep. it. I don't think we're going to hear I'm much done. of it moving forward. Um, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can move on from Ray Fisher and we can officially uh, start our new rant series on our Inside the Ropes um, uh, edition <laughs> of the issues of Bill Goldberg all the way up to WrestleMania season. But yeah, so uh, we'll wrap up today. Um, it was a great talk. I actually, I mean, I've, I tend to find we, myself really enjoying these around the multiverse issues because I feel like because we have a longer break in between them, news builds up and then we actually have something that we you know really care to talk about. Not that we don't have that on the ins- inside the ropes gives us a ton to talk about every week, but the comics can obviously vary based off of how much we're getting. Um, with today being uh, Wednesday, actually. Uh, it is new comic book day, so me and Charlie are going to be able to go and pick up some books, so we'll have some good stuff to talk about on that issue next week. Um, so uh, with that being said, if you haven't already liked, subscribed, and followed the podcast on your favorite platform, please do so. Leave us a review or rating. We don't care if you give us one star. We don't care if you give us five stars. We honestly really just want the, the personal feedback. We want to see your your comments about what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. Um, if you haven't already done so, give us a follow on all our social media platforms or whatever your preferred social media platform may be. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and uh, just interact with us. Give us an idea of what you're what you're watching, what you're into. Um, one thing Charlie is going to have to catch up on is Cobra Kai. I was able to finish that in pretty much one day. It's only you know five hours worth of television, but. It's a great show. Uh, we've talked about it. We've obviously talked about it getting, you know, debuting two weeks ago and so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, I was able to get through it. It's pretty good. Um, so I'm hoping Charlie buckles down and gets through that as I'm getting through Clone Wars, and then we'll we'll have plenty to talk about on the next Around the Multiverse issue. You got anything else on your end? 
I do not, sir. Okay. All right. Well, then, uh, I guess, give me one second. Let me get back to our our home screen, and you can send us home. All right, man. Go ahead and hit our music. Music. 